0: Today on the podcast we have Perine Fark, author, speaker, and expert on diversity and inclusion. Her book is called Inclusion: The Ultimate Secret for an Organization's Success. Perine shares with us how to create a feeling of inclusion and belonging even with today's dispersed workforce. She gives us tools on how to conduct inclusive meetings, ideas on how to retrain managers, and yes, how to build strong connections where people feel that they belong on their team. Anywhere. Hello and welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere. I'm your co-host Mitch Simon on the West Coast and on the East Coast. I've got my co-host, Dr. Virginia Bianco Mathis. And today we're excited to have on the podcast Perrine Fark, an author, speaker, and expert on diversity and inclusion. We're excited to have Perrine on the podcast because we've been searching for the perfect person to help our listeners navigate how to implement diversity inclusion, and belonging in the hybrid world. So great to have you on, preen How are you?
2: I'm great. Thanks, Mitch. And thanks for having me today.
0: You're so welcome. And for those listeners who um, haven't figured out your accent, where are you?
2: So I'm based in London, United Kingdom. Uh, but as you might hear, I also have a bit of a French accent. I was born and bred in France. So get a bit, bit of French and English accent in, in there.
0: Wow, great! So that is already a lot of diversity going on. Yes,
2: that's right. Uh,
0: so, as we do with every guest, please share with us, Parine, um, What is the one thing? And I love this question. What is the one thing that surprised you the most about yourself?
2: Uh, I surprised myself by how I guess how much I could. learn. I, I never knew how much I could learn. I, you know, sometimes you have sometimes you have an image of yourself. You think I'm that person. And actually, when you go through something difficult like COVID, the pandemic, and everything, you discover things that you can do that you didn't know you could do. So, just the level of resilience, the level of grit, the level of perseverance really was kind of a discovery for me. I never knew I could do all these things. So, that, yeah, that was a surprise for me.
0: You know, oh, I, love
2: what,
1: yeah, I love what you just said because it opened up the window for possibilities. And I think almost everyone that are in our kind of uh, world that we live in for the podcast could probably say the same thing. I hadn't looked at it that way. Yeah. The possibilities.
2: Absolutely. That's wonderful. Thanks. I think a lot of people have had to uh, deal with a completely unplanned situation and we all had to deal with it. Some people dealt with it in you know different ways, but... From my from my perspective, it was like okay, the only way through it is through it, right? (laughs) Um, And you discover things that you 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 do that you never knew were possible, like a level of resilience and just and yeah, that's been a great great journey for me. Yes.
0: So I'm gonna dig I'm gonna dig a little bit more because you um, you said you know I didn't know that I could be that person. So I'd love to uh, ask you what was that person who you knew yourself to be, and who is that person that you know yourself.
2: Yeah. I, so the, the idea of, um, you know, starting this diversity and inclusion consultancy and coaching is something that I had had on my mind for a very long time. And in fact, I was sort of doing that a little bit on the side. But the idea of just throwing myself in it and writing a book about it and publishing a book, um, I mean, if you'd asked me 10 years ago, would you publish a book? I'd say, you know, who are you kidding me? You know, an author? Or, um, But I just did it and it just happened almost naturally. So that's an example of something I've done that I never even thought about, you know, me, you know. And so, yeah, just pushing myself, doing things, new things, actually made me realize I can do so many more things that I never knew I could do.
0: That's right. That's great. You know, we had we had early in the podcast, we had Mike Robbins uh, on the podcast and he shared his story. Um, of, of why he was interested in, in writing a book really on inclusion and diversity. What was it about your story, your history that you chose um, diversity and inclusion to write about?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. It's a very personal story, I guess. Um, I've always worked in the technology industry, in the software industry. And uh, here in London for a lot of companies, and as you can imagine, it's a very uh, straight, white male-dominated environment and competitive, very competitive environment. And uh, I was often, well, first of all, I was often the only woman in the room. But then, when I became a mum of you know two young children, I was often the only mum in the room. And when I looked at, at the table around me, all the other people in leadership were men, and their wife was often either not working or she was working part-time and looking after the children, whereas I was working full-time and my husband was working full-time and we had two young children with no childcare. So it was very, very hectic. And, you know, they had those late-night meetings, 6 p.m., 7 p.m., no problem for them because they didn't have to worry about the school run and dinner, I had to worry about that. When I received the call from nursery saying, your son is sick and you pick him up right now, he's got fever, temperature. I had to go and run. They didn't have to worry about that, so... And then all those like small, subtle, you know, acts every day and just made me feel there must be a better way. Why is it this way? So this is the personal story of feeling sometimes I was the only woman in the room, the only mom in the room, made me want to, you know, help companies create a more inclusive environment, inclusive for mothers and then, and and I guess women and people of color and LGBT plus, you know, not just from women and mothers, but every every uh, type of employee should be supported and be successful in their career.
0: Thank you, Thank you for that story. Um, so let's get the terms down. Now, the name of your book is Inclusion, The Ultimate Secret for an Organization's Success. Yeah. And in the book, you show the definition, as, as many books do, is the definition or the distinction between inclusion and belonging. So what is the difference between inclusion and belonging? And why yeah. are they both important?
2: I think in, in, in my experience or, or in my mind, inclusion is really the feeling of being heard and seen and valued for who we are. So when we go to work and people, you know, say hi and they say your name, how are you today? And when you share an idea, people listen to your idea and they, uh you know, they listen to it, they value your comment and your feedback for me, that's being included. So for example, I had this amazing inclusive leader called Steve. I always talk about him. He's literally the most inclusive leader I've ever had. And he would come to work in the morning. He would open the door. We had an open space and Steve, he was our VP, uh, of, of sales. He didn't, he was a busy man. I mean, he didn't have to, you know, do all the things, but he would say hi to everybody. He would say everybody's name. He would just go to everyone, even people who are not in his team. And he would say, hi, and call their name. How are you today? And he would have a nice word for everyone and say, you know, he would remember everything. How was your wife anniversary last night? How is your kids? uh, Is he feeling better today? You know, how is your, your run, your marathon training? Is it going well? He would just remember everything. And this is an example of an inclusive leader who created true inclusion in the team. People felt included. Um and then belonging uh, I think is the level beyond this the, the the sort of the ultimate, you know, the ultimate level where people feel they belong like like a team, they belong to like almost uh a tribe, you know. Um and I think as human beings, we're all hardwired to belong. Like Brene Brown always talks about that really well. We're hardwired, right? we're here for connection. That's what we're here, we're here for. So belonging is when you feel you're part of the tribe and you're part of something you know you share a culture so it's almost the ultimate the level above so they're very close you know inclusion belonging but belonging is really you you feel they are your family they are your extended family
0: I'm just wondering how you you know how you're looking at um I know your book is really recent how are you looking at belonging and inclusion as it pertains to those hybrid types of workspaces?
2: Yes, no, you're right because you know hybrid work has changed the way businesses operate has radically changed the way uh teams operate around the world, so you know it is it is here to stay, i believe at least hybrid world h- hybrid work is here to stay for many organizations. Um, not all of them, some, some, you know, come to the high restaurant, for example, but, you know, technology for sure. Uh, a lot of industries are going to embrace fully hybrid. So, you know, there are ways that, that managers can create inclusion, inclusive environments in hybrid work. And so, for example, especially I think meetings, meetings are very important. You know, we all spend a lot of time in meetings. I think I was doing a poll the other day. It's about 70% of our time as, as employees is spent in meetings, if not more. So the way we navigate meetings remotely or even in hybrid settings is, has changed to so things like um, monitoring who speaks in meeting because you can have a mom at home with her children maybe, or she's at home because she has to do the school run in the morning or the school run in the evening, maybe. Um, and so you, you might have more, actually, I was reading this, more male employees who might be physically in the office, maybe because they have less childcare duties and maybe some mothers are more likely to stay at home and work from home because maybe they are doing the school run or look after an elderly relative. In that case, how do you make sure both are treated equally, fairly, and heard? So monitoring who speaks in meeting, uh, speaking time. You might even allocate someone who, whose job or task is to monitor speaking time, make sure we allocate similar time, um, doing round robin, for example, going around the table. Um, observing people's dynamics in, in meetings as well. Uh, if there is anything like, um, you know, bullying or maybe interruption, a lot of interruptions, are the people at home interrupted more often than the people in the office? You know, in paying attention to the small things like, uh, you know, uh, uh go- gossip or jokes around the water cooler, right? So people in the office might, uh, whilst we wait for everybody to join, they might make, you know, some, you know, office banter or jokes or, you know, chats, which the people at home might not fully understand or be part of. So paying attention to the small things like that. Uh, and it's okay to have office banter and, and to, to laugh, but include the people, you know, who are remote as well. So those are all things. And you might as well um, take the opportunity of remote work and hybrid work as a, as a people team or as a leader to revisit your promotion policies. So, for example, things might be outdated. Uh, if you look at your performance review uh, and KPI, your performance review numbers, y- it might no longer make sense to measure someone's success based on their office presence, for example. Or it might no longer make sense to judge someone's performance based on their them helping do certain tasks in the office, like yeah. uh, welcoming new guests and things like that. So just revisiting making sure your performance reviews, policies are updated based on this new setting. Those are all small things that you can do as a leader to create that inclusive environment in hybrid work.
1: There's two things you said I really that really resonate with me. One is what you just said about relooking at what are even the definitions of that. You can still have presence, but you better have some bullets underneath that, that include certain things for folks that might be in the office. And you may also demonstrate it if you are hybrid or virtual. And there's some bullets for that. Yeah. Right. So you take each one of those and broaden the definition. So it's it's more inclusive. Yeah. I also love, and it might mean, I think there's an article in this, a whole different way of defining facilitation. You mentioned maybe you have someone whose job it is to, all right, who hasn't spoken? Who has? Oh, uh, wait a minute. If we're going to do some breakout discussions, who's in what groups? And and I heard someone recently say, oh, we end up putting um, all the people that are virtual in one group and all the people that are in the office in another. No, 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 no. You have to mix that all up and then have the technology to make that happen.
2: Yes, absolutely. And I I think you you touched on some good points here. And also training and retraining your leaders and your managers. I think nowadays a lot of managers are young. I've seen that in technology. A lot of people are in their late 20s, early 30s. They're like straight out of uni, uh, very smart sort of school smart, but not necessarily emotional intelligence smart. They've never been trained on how to manage a team of people, especially remotely. And so we have this new generation of young, what I call young managers who've never been trained on how to manage people. And they're right. doing a terrible job at it and it's not their fault they've never been trained but really then that creates an environment that's not very inclusive for lack of education really not bad intentions but lack of education they don't know how to build trust and psychological safety
0: Perrine uh, you, you know you talked about your work as a marketing manager and never feeling like you belonged what can managers do today to make sure their teams feel seen, especially in a world where we're not in the office or when we are, others might not be in the office?
2: Yeah, and I will answer your question with a story <laughs> Great. because I love story. yeah, you mentioned you like stories. So, um, in one of my previous roles, I was an employee, and my manager was pretty young. I think she was in her mid thirties. Um, one thing to mention that we were both in separate continents. Uh, you know, I was on you know in the United Kingdom. She was in the US. And so it was very difficult first of all to have a report to build report, you know, being so far away. And so during our one-to-ones, obviously remote, everything was remote. During our one to ones, um, there was no basic, you know, eye contact or no, you know, how are you, or you know, how how are things going? It was just straight into business. And that made it really difficult to connect with that, with with her, to connect on a human level, right? So uh, talking about business was, of course, important, but, you know, it's hard to talk about key business issues and challenges when you don't have that basic connection. So one of the things I would definitely advise managers and leaders to do is to to make sure they make time to build those very, very important connections with their team, right? Even if you're remote, even if you're remote, especially if you're remote, you know, take the time to understand your, your person, ask how are you? How are things going with you? You know, don't don't dive straight into business because it's going to be counterproductive. Even if you only have half an hour to talk, and even if you have a lot of key things to discuss, I promise you that if you spend the first five minutes to build connection and ask them how they really are, maybe the first ten minutes, you're gonna get so much more out of them because they're gonna feel heard and valued and and uh, respected. I guess they they will open up so much more, and you're business conversation is going to be that much more productive. So it's right. a long answer to your question, yeah. but really take the time to build authentic, genuine connection. You, you will get so much more in return.
0: I was wondering if um, if you are actually on the receiving end and you, you know, what's amazing about your story is that you're, you were saying before that um, your manager in the U.S. was actually spending an hour on the phone with you every week. Yeah. Which, which to me sounds like, well, this is a manager who really quote unquote cares about you. And, um, and yet this manager wasn't very personable. What if I'm uh, what if I'm on a team and my manager, you know, decides that he or she is, is committed to me and spends an hour on the phone with me and never asks me what's going on with my life. What would I, what would I do? Cause I, I think a lot of the, um, a lot of the books on inclusion and belonging have a lot to do with the manager yeah. and what the manager should do. What could a, what could an employee do that yeah. doesn't feel like they belong?
2: It's a, it's a fair question. It's a very, very good question because, you know, I like in your, in your way of thinking, you're thinking you're taking responsibility for the relationship, right? You are, you, you can't expect the other person to read your mind. First of all, um, they also have their own you know challenges going on that you don't necessarily know about. So I like your approach about taking ownership. I'm a big believer in taking ownership. So you're right. You might be on the receiving end of that lack of inclusion. You might be the employee, but it doesn't mean you can't take action. You could start, you know, baby steps, start with baby steps. Maybe you could be the one saying, hey, how are you today? Or how, how was your week so far? You know, how was your how was your day? How was your weekend? Uh, and just take it from there and just build baby steps. You know, you can see if that person is responsive or not. If they are, then try to dig a little bit deeper. Is there anything I can do to help you? Um, you know what you're working on at the moment. I can I can help you. What help do you need from me? Uh, maybe you can be the one to leading by example. Even if you're the employee, even if you're you know I guess and they are the the boss. Uh, and that's something I guess in perspective, I wish I had done. I wish I had mm-hmm. taken more ownership and responsibility for the relationship. Of course, it's a bit scary, and of course, it's a bit uncomfortable to to be the one to take the first step because you might just get a big no in return. But uh, <laughs> if you don't do anything, I mean, things are not going to improve. So yes, I, I agree with you. Your question, I think you can, you can, and you should take uh, ownership and and be the one who builds connection and and, and trust. Yeah, Karina, it, it
1: goes back to something you just said um, before this, which is creating some kind of uh, space so that these younger folks who now their role models might be around the world, (laughs) sometimes might be in an office or not, and have to learn the things we've asked of them for years anyway. How how are we going to make that happen? Well, sometimes just putting it right out on the table Right, so saying, you know, it would be very um, useful to me if blah blah blah. Create those kinds of interact. Now, then the the um, employee can begin to ask, and what can I do? Right, or here's what I need. Make those okay. Con- give them permission. There, that's much a much better phrase that I have found. Yeah. I have found a lot of leaders, and I'll shut up in a second. But it was such a, it hit me over the head. I had a leader who was struggling a bit with this hybrid virtual, and I said, "You need to start one-on-ones. Now you have the person in India, and you have the person over here, and you, have, and um, come up with a what are you go, What are you going to talk about? And make sure you spend about fifteen minutes." She called me up a week later, and she said, oh my gosh, this blew my mind. How wonderful it went. Because of all the things you've been saying, the whole inclusiveness, and someone is um, talking to me, establishing trust, have those one-on-ones. So important. Yeah, Thanks for, for raising that.
0: Thank you, Jenny, for that story. Now, in the book you share um, the difference between depreciation and appreciation and I wanted to know if you could share with our listeners the difference between depreciation and appreciation and also what I'm interested in is is a lot of managers depreciate their their team members mm-hmm. and they don't even know that they're doing it
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah so I'm
0: just wondering if you could if you could um, share this the difference between the two and how can a manager, start to realize that they actually are when they don't
2: realize that they are. Yeah, a great question again. So, it in again in my in my mind when an employee feels depreciated, it's obviously the opposite of feeling appreciated. They're not feeling heard, they're not feeling valued, they're not feeling seen, they're not feeling res- respected and you know, the impact of that on disengagement is huge because Uh, the employee is going to use disengagement as a coping mechanism, right? They they need to cope with that situation of being unheard, unseen, unvalued, never heard in meetings, never asked for their opinion, always the last to speak, and then we run out of time. And so they're going to have to cope in a way that's most likely it's going to be disengagement, complete disengagement, and possibly looking for a job somewhere else. So um, the managers might not notice that because they might be, either self-absorbed or, or busy or whatever. <clears throat> but, and to an extent, it could even be a form of bullying.
0: What are some, um, what are some, if, if I were to ask you, what are the number one, two, and three things that a leader could do to build more a more inclusive um, team? What would, what, what would those actions be?
2: Yeah, one strategy I always talk about that is, I talk about the unwritten rules. I think I talked about that a bit earlier um if you're a manager and you want to create a culture of inclusion you want to talk about those unwritten rules and by that i mean um state out loud what behavior is except, is expected in a meeting what kind of attitude is expected in a in a meeting in in terms of who should talk um uh listening you know sharing speaking time etc Pay attention to the small stuff. Right. So speaking times, we know that uh, women tend to speak less than men in meetings, for example. And it's true across different industries. Um, So pay attention to who speaks Um, and give all employees a voice every single day. Uh, There was a study by uh, Yale psychologist Victoria Brescol. She found that male senators in the US with more powers, uh, spoke more often on the Senate floors rather than their uh, junior colleague. But female senators with um, equal, equal longevity didn't speak as much. So, uh, you know, observing who speaks, give every employee a voice every single day in meetings, etc. And also educate your leaders and hold them accountable every day on inclusive leadership. Um, really encourage your, you, encourage your leaders to understand what does it mean to be an inclusive leader Uh, how to support uh, underrepresented employees in the company. So those are all small things that um, leaders can do to create a more inclusive uh, work environment.
0: Great. Final question is why, why are diverse and inclusive teams more productive overall? Like why should we do this?
2: Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of studies out there demonstrating the link between productivity and inclusion. So Harvard Business Review, McKenzie, of course, Boston Consulting Group, and Deloitte, um, they've all r- demonstrated, uh, according to studies, there is a link. One of the reasons is um, when teams are diverse, there is a diversity of thoughts, which leads to more creativity and innovation. So there is a clear uh, innovation win here, uh, diversity of thinking. Uh, also, with inclusivity, when people feel included, there is that basic layer of trust, uh, which means psychological safety, which means holding each other accountable. And so you can push harder to get results because you can have those difficult conversations that are necessary in business when there is no inclusion, no trust, no psychological safety. It's hard to keep each other accountable because we're scared of having those conversations. So those are some explanations uh, as to why diverse and inclusive teams perform better.
0: Great. I actually have one more question, which is I'd love to know um, what your journey has been in writing the book and publishing the book. And I'm, of course, going out there, and I'm sure you're doing workshops and you're doing speeches around the book. What has been your experience there?
2: Yeah, I started it very organically. It started very organically. I started writing a lot of blog posts around different topics around diversity and inclusion. And the more I wrote, the more I enjoyed writing, and the more. I research because, you know, every time I write a blog post, I do more research, more research, more studies. And every time I really enjoyed it, I was like, that's really interesting. Oh, that's really interesting. But that's really, I need to know that. So I was, I, I really enjoyed the process of writing and learning new things. And I just organically started writing, writing, writing to a point where I thought, well, wait a minute. I have a lot of content there. <laughs> Maybe I could do something more than just writing blog posts. So One thing was, well, I did leverage a lot of existing blog posts and articles. I had been writing a lot for, you know, publications and media, but also just, you know, it just happened really organically. So I just wrote that book uh, very almost in a, you know, very not quickly, but in one go, I just decided that's it, I'm writing the book. So I was in the zone (laughs) and I was writing and writing and writing. I just, you know, and then I worked with a publisher and someone who helped me make it look nice and helped me deal with all the logistics of publishing. And that was it. So, you know, for me, once it happened organically, but two, I just one day I woke up and I decided that's it. I'm writing the book. I don't care. <laughs> and I yeah. think one you, one, you just need to decide. I just decided that's it. I'm doing this thing. So that's, that's the story.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. It's like live your dream. <laughs>
2: that's right. Focus. That's it. let it flow. That's it.
0: Great. So um, where can our listeners find you, find your book, find your TEDx talk?
2: Yeah. So uh, you can find my website, which is my first name, last name, together.com, perinfark.com. You can find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. It's all just search for my name, Perinfark. And my book is on Amazon. So if you just go on Amazon and search inclusion in the book section, you'll find it. Uh
0: Okay. Great. Great. Well, great. Well, gosh, thank you so much, Breen. Thanks for uh, reaching out to us. Thanks for a, a wonderful a conversation around inclusion and belonging. And um, thank you, Ginny.
1: Yes. And, no, uh, just do and... no, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> no, I, I was, I was thanking you Berean, for, for some wonderful thoughts um, to build on yet this other layer that our leaders that are trying to manage in these hybrid teams, and world really need to keep at the top of, of their techniques in game.
2: Thank you so yeah. much for having me. It was a pleasure chatting with you, Mitch and Ginny, and I really love your work as well. So such an honor to be with you today. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Very and good. so to our listeners, if you've loved this podcast, which we have immensely, please share this podcast with with your friends and your colleagues and uh, give us a rating. Give us five stars um, so that other people will know. Five stars, right? right. Yes. Uh, yes. It was five stars. So mm-hmm. what other people will be able to find our podcast. So we thank you and we look forward to seeing you next time on Team Anywhere.